Welcome everyone to Tamrielic Adventures, a show bringing you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric Rasulior, and today is going to be a little bit different. I am not going to be doing a skit today like I have been. So um, this intro part of the episode is going to be a little bit of a state of the podcast. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I am still going to be bringing you content as much as I can. However, if you listen to the last episode of Nintendo, and if you don't listen to that show, I really recommend that you do. It's kind of the same format as this, only we talk about a particular Nintendo series or character, along with bringing you the latest news and our gameplay. But if you listen to the latest episode of Nintendo, you heard my good buddy Durka announce that he is going to be stepping away from the show for the time being. I hope to eventually see him return, but if not, thank you, Durka, for all that you've done for me and for all of our listeners. But with that being said, things are going to have to change a little bit due to my increased workload. So instead of bringing you both shows every week, I am going to be taking a little bit of a... I'm going to be doing it every other week. So one week I'm going to be doing... Nintendo, and then the next week I'm going to be doing Tamrielic Adventures. So, um, this week I will be my last week doing this every week for the time being. If I come to see that I can handle the workload, then great, I'm going to be doing both. But I don't want to burn myself out. That wouldn't be doing you guys any favors. That wouldn't be doing myself any favors. So, for the time being, I'm going to be doing these shows every other week. Um, which one I'm going to start with, I'm still deciding that. But this week, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite races, the Dunmer. So let's get into the news and my gameplay for the last week. And then let's hear about the Dunmer. Stay tuned, guys. Alright, so let's get into the news and my gameplay. So, um, not a lot as far as news. There's um, the Somerset Celebration going on. So definitely go check that out if you want to get some Somerset exclusive items. Also, uh, I think for the first time, you can actually access the Somerset area as well as Artaeum, the Sigic Order area, for the first time without getting the chapter, although you can't really do any of the chapter quests. So that's that's kind of cool. Definitely take advantage of that. Um, also, there's been a <clears throat> an Elder Scrolls Blades Town Hall update. So um, there's new quests, there's new event quests, and that offer unique challenges while earning loot and sigils, which are mysterious artifacts that can be exchanged for exclusive rewards, and it's completely free. So, event quests can be found on the events tab of the quest menu for any players who have reached at least level 10. 
And these events rotate, requiring special strategies for loadouts to conquer. For example, one event quest may feature enemies that are immune to physical attacks, while in another, enemies only deal in shock damage. So uh, these challenges can be taken on up to five times, but each time you do it, the difficulty cranks up. So I think it's kind of fun. I know a lot of people crap on this game, but I enjoy it. And I actually play it quite a bit on the Nintendo Switch. So I don't really play it on mobile anymore. Now that I have it on the Switch, I actually think it's easier to play. I don't really play it on, like I said, I don't play it really... I don't really play it on mobile anymore other than to get my daily items, but I actually do play it on the Switch quite a bit. So, um, yeah, for those of you who like Elder Scrolls Plays, take it, take advantage of this. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention is, I guess, Obsidian. Well, first off, there is a DLC for uh, The Outer Worlds that has been announced. So, um, it's called the uh, Pearl of Gorgon. So, it's a new planet that you can go visit, and there's a mystery going on. But it adds a bunch of new quests, it adds new NPCs, and along with interactions from your uh, crew, including Sam, the robot um, navigator. So... That comes out on September 9th, but on everything but the Switch. So, unfortunately, the people with the Switch have to, who have it on the Switch, have to wait. But it will be out September 9th on everything else. But Obsidian has also announced an open world RPG that definitely reminds people a bit of Skyrim. It's called Avowed. And during the Xbox Games Showcase, um, they showed the first trailer. And it looks like a darker take on the world of the Elder Scrolls, mostly due to the first-person perspective. And um, the head of Xbox Games Studios, Matt Booty, hell of a name, Booty, um, said, and I quote, Avowed is an expanded first-person RPG set in the fantasy world of Aurora. So... When Obsidian Entertainment joined Xbox Game Studios, they told us that this epic game is one that they want to make. Details at this point are scarce, but the trailer itself was a grim and dark, grim and dark, and ends on a shot that heavily evokes the Balrog fight at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. Aurora is the same world that the Pillars of Eternity games are set in, but in the move from isometric to first person, it's going to look pretty different. After years of making Fallout-style RPGs, I'm excited to see Obsidian's take on a more fantastical setting. So, yeah, first they make a Fallout-style game. Now they're they're making an Elder Scrolls-style game. I'm actually kind of excited to see it. I love Outer Worlds. I need to finish that game. But um, I love what they did with the Outer Worlds, so I'm excited to see what they do with Avowed. There's no date yet, but um, I guess stay tuned. As far as what I played, I've played a little bit of um, ESO. Not a whole lot. I did get the 
uh, player appreciation package on Xbox, so now I got this little uh, dragon imp flying around behind me. If you would like for me to stream Elder Scrolls, hit me up on uh, social media as far as what specific game to play, whether it's ESO, Morrowind, or Oblivion. I don't have Skyrim on Xbox yet. Hopefully I can get it at some point. But um, I've been playing a lot of Fallout 76. That's mainly what I've been playing if you check my stream out lately. Uh, there was a double XP bonus weekend last weekend, and I definitely took advantage of that. So um, I added a second story to my camp. Um, shout out to the We Just Love Games community, the people who do that Fallout show and uh, GameStack. Their community is fantastic. They are super helpful. They will, uh, were actually willing to hop online with me to get my camp um, help my camp out. Um, so <laughs> the, the, um, Fallout 76 community is so interesting. Um, I did, they, they, like I said, they, the, we just left games community helped me add a second floor to my camp. They didn't actually hop in and help me physically, but, uh, they were willing to, but I was at work at the time, but there, I was, I had, I had a roof to my camp and I'm like, okay, why can't I add walls to the top of my roof? And like, no, 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 you don't add walls to a roof. You add walls to upper floors, but that was kind of a catch 22 because with upper floors, you have to, you have to attach them either to stairs or other upper floors. Well, stairs attach to a wall and upper floors won't attach to a staircase that's attached to a wall. So what I had to do was I had to put attached stairs to a wall inside my camp, which I don't know why I didn't think of that before. And then remove the wall, which I'm kind of surprised it let me do because that left the staircase floating. But I did that. I added a second floor to my camp and it looks good. I actually added other space to my camp. So my my house is actually pretty big now. I mean, it's not huge, but it's it's decent size. And I also figured out how to give my camp electricity, which uh, that was another duh moment. So I had a generator, I had a power connector, but I'm like, okay, where's the, where are my lights? Why aren't my lights showing up? So when I was playing Fallout 4 recently, I was building the settlement and I'm like, oh my God, there's a button that says attach wire. So that, yeah, that was definitely a dumb moment. But the funniest part about all this is while I was expanding my camp and building the second floor, there were people just randomly showing up in my camp. I had two people run upstairs while I'm building the second floor and they would kind of look around and then randomly attack me. Like I had some guy just run up to me and take a swipe at me with a machete. I'm like, dude, you're like 10 levels underneath me. Don't test my patience. But I had another guy, I'm moving my turrets up to the top of my second floor. I had some guy just randomly run in and take a shot at me. Like, I'm just standing there like, dude, what the hell are you doing? 
But last night, I'm now at level 20, so the Overseer finally acknowledges my presence. And so she's sending me on a couple of scouting missions on um, getting information about the settlers and the raiders. But um, I had the complete opposite experience. I had some guy show up in my camp when I'm you know, scrapping all my junk and storing it. He takes a look at my camp and gives me a ton of plans and recipes. So this dude was like level 79 and he just, he wanted, he saw that I was level 20 and just gave me a bunch of recipes for crafting stuff. So just be cool guys. Don't be assholes. Treat other people with respect and they'll do the same to you. So, um, yeah, that's my gameplay. Um, well, there was one other thing. Yesterday, I tried streaming Bioshock Infinite, and it was kind of embarrassing. Um, I didn't know this until after I played, but Bioshock Infinite, or the Bioshock Collection on Xbox is streamlocked. Excuse me, streamlocked. So you can't stream it. And like I said, I streamed, or I tried streaming it for over two hours, and then I go and look back at it, and it was stuck on the pause screen. You couldn't even hear my voice. So I did a little Google research, and yeah, you can't stream it. I don't know why. And it's kind of a shame because I love the Bioshock series. I've mainly played Infinite, but I need to play the first two. I played a little bit of the first two, or the first one on PC, but I need to get back into it. So, um, I guess I'll just play that on my own time. So, anyway, yeah, that's my gameplay. Um, let's take a short break where you can hear my anchor ad spot, and then let's talk about the Dunmer. So, see you on the other guys, other side, guys. Stay tuned. Alright guys, welcome back after that little bit of a break. So, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to be discussing the Dunmer today. So, last week we talked about the people who are the Dunmer now, before they became the Dunmer, when they were the Chimer. And at some point during the Battle of Red Mountain, the curse happens where their skin changes from a bright gold into a dark ashen color like a dark gray and their eyes become blood red so in a lot of ways the Dunmer have been defined by their environment so Red Mountain looms as large in their collective thoughts as it does on their horizon so yeah the the Red Mountain really changes or shapes their entire being both their looks and their livelihood its ash and lava sculpted the attitudes of Vardenfell's residents, and one does not have to travel far outside of many cities to find a giant foyata cutting through the land like a scar. So a foyata is kind of like a river, but made of lava. And you see this, especially in ESO. If you've played ESO as a member of the Ebonheart Pact, whatever race in the Ebonheart Pack, whether it's a Dunmer or a Nord or just anybody who's in the Ebonheart Pack, they start in the Morrowind province. 
So, and you see these foyata all over the place. You got to find a way to cross them because a lot of the times they're big enough to where you can't just hop over them. So native born Dunmer tend to look down on outlanders, which include both other races and Dunmer born outside of Marwin. Though the intensity of this ethnocentrism varies. Yeah, just going through Marwin, even when I played Marwin as a Dunmer, I hear quickly outlander. I do not have much time and stuff like that. Let's get going. Just all sorts of like these rude little quips. And eventually you play long enough to where you do enough good deeds and enough get enough fame to where they treat you with respect and honor. But until then, they kind of look down on you. For thousands of years under the tribunal, you know, Almalexia, Vivek, Sothasil, Dunmer society was structured much like the Keimer society had been. Domestic great houses ruled by ruling, I'm sorry, governed by ruling councils competed against each other for power and territory, while nomadic groups eschewed relative modernity for ancient tribal practices. Those are the Ashlanders. At the close, or I'm sorry, Denver Society, yeah, in Morrowind, eventually you have to unite the great houses, which is no easy task. You got to go through, see what each one wants, what they need to make peace. And that is one of the prophecies for the Nerevarine is you have to unite the great houses. The houses tend to rise and fall, many faded into extinction over the years or sprouted up to challenge others. At the close of the Third Era, the five most important houses were Hualu, Redoran, Telvani, Dress, and Indoral. Though it's not known how well each preserved through the cataclysms following the end of the tribunal. Yeah, I would love to see just what happens in Morrowind post Red Mountain erupting and the um, Ministry of Truth falling into Vivek, all that cataclysmic stuff. Historically, Indoral has been so in, so heavenly involved within the temple itself that it's hard to distinguish the two. In the Ashlands, the native tribes ruled without laws or government and strictly lived by coats, rituals, and ancient traditions, usually dictated by a wise woman or a seer implemented by the clan the clan leader they lived in the deserts and the plains of the ashlands and Graceland's. the peaceful status quo for dunmer is still quite savage even when led by the living gods which are the tribunal political machinations are constant assassinations are common there's even a legally established guild providing services and that is known as the morag tong and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Dark Brotherhood branched off of the Morak Tong. It's kind of cool. Um, as long as you have a writ for assassination, you just go kill somebody in public. And then when you um, get approached by one of the guards, whether it's an ordinator or otherwise, you're just like, well, here you go. Here's my paperwork. See you later. You don't have to worry about doing it without being seen. You can just do it out in public. A huge amount of 
black market activity thrives along Morrowind's extensive coastlines, dissidents to the temple and other subservients, I think that's how you pronounce that, over the years have been hunted and prosecuted. Slavery used to be commonplace, mostly Khajiit and Argonian slaves were trafficked. I mentioned that in the last episode. Although many men in Myrrh were also enslaved, goblins have, were also seen as a significant slave, quote-unquote, resource. The Third Empire of Tiber Septum had banned slavery, but Dunmer were allowed to keep their own sacred and traditional laws in their entrance to the empire. So this is why, even though slavery had been abolished in most of the empire, you still see it in... Dunmer culture, especially in people of prominence, like plantation owners, especially. And like I said, there is a kind of a side quest line where you can just go and free the slaves. You just go walk into the plantation, go down in the basement, find the Argonian and Khajiit slaves and pick their shackles and set them free. And they love you forever for it. So it's pretty evident that these slaves aren't really treated with respect. They're not servants. They're definitely mistreated slaves. King Helseth had also abolished slavery by the end of the Third Era. Necromancy is also practiced openly by some Dunmer, though never with Dunmer corpses. And the great houses generally follow the established tribunal temple, which preaches faith for the tribunal, respect for the good data, quote unquote, who recognize the tribunal and veneration of its ancestors. There was, there was some practicality to this. Ancestral remains were used to power ghost fences to ward off spirits. Notably, the one created by the tribunal that surrounded Red Mountain for hundreds of years to keep Dagother and his minions at bay. Historically, the Dunmer resisted worship of the Adra and the Nine Divines, and likely many Dunmer will be interested in rejoining something similar to the traditions of ancestor and Daedra worship that Ashlanders have kept alive. So, yeah, ghost the ghost fence... You have to be able to bypass that to get to the Red Mountain to battle Dagother toward the end of the Morrowind main story. And you definitely do see necromancy practiced in Morrowind, particularly in the... Um, the there's a lot of ancestral tombs. And you see little shrines to their ancestors. And a lot of the Dunmer greater powers have to do with their ancestors, whether it's an ancestral spirit or in Skyrim, it's ancestral fire where you surround yourself by a fire shield for a little bit. It's pretty cool. Um, the, one, <laughs> the one that's actually in Morrowind is kind of useless. Um, I don't even really know what it does, whether it just boosts some of your abilities for a little bit. I don't know. At least in Oblivion, you have a little ghost following you around and attacking things for a while. But, yeah, the Dunmer mostly in, uh, in Morrowind, there are a couple of fast travel 
uh, spells that you can use, whether it's uh, it, you either transport yourself to a tribunal temple or a divine's temple based on which one you use. The nearest one that's you know the one that's closest to where you're at. So the Dunmer are a, if nothing else, they're genuine and they're devout. But it looks like after the events of Morrowind, slavery does become abolished altogether. I will say that the Daedra that the Dunmer probably follow the most closely is Azura. So, and I, Azura is probably one of my favorite Daedra aside from Sheogorath and Sanguine. Mostly short Sheogorath. Sanguine, he, he's fun. He just likes having fun along with Sheogorath. But um, that is about it as far as the culture of the, and a little bit of the history of the Dunmer. So, I don't know where Elder Scrolls 6 is going to go. There are rumors that it's going to be in either High Rock or Hammerfell. I would not be opposed to a return to Morrowind in the next one. At least to see what Vardenfell looks like. I've heard that it's mostly a rubble pile or ash heap. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, more likely it's going to take place in another province. I think the closest that we've got to an official return to Morrowind post, um, Dawn of the Second Era, or I'm sorry, Fourth Era, is the Solstheim, uh, DLC in Skyrim. I believe that's called Dragonborn. Yeah, Dragonborn. And, um, Solstheim definitely changed quite a bit in the Dawnguard DLC to Skyrim. A lot of the settlements and uh, prominent landmarks that you saw in the Blood Moon uh, DLC to Morrowind are destroyed. So the rupture of Red Mountain certainly took its toll. So um, that kind of does it for the Dunmer. I love the Dunmer. I don't agree with their slavery practices, but they are some of the most genuine and devout people that you'll meet. So next week, or next episode, I'm still not sure whether I'll be doing this next episode or, or I'm sorry, I'll be doing this show next week or if it's going to be Nintendo. Um, next episode, let's, uh, let's talk about the orcs. So we'll go see, we'll go to the Rothgar city in High Rock. So you can find me if you would like to reach out to me. You can find my personal Instagram and Twitter at iangold08. You can follow the show on, um, Twitter at TamrailP, the show's Instagram at uh, Tamrail Adventures. You can drop me an email at Tamrail Adventures at Gmail. I'm sorry, Tamrail Adventures Podcast 
at gmail.com. You can find me in ESO and uh, see, let me know if you want to join our guild for the Hive at uh, EE Gold on PC North America and Silior at the uh, on Xbox. So thank you to the Hive for sponsoring this show. Um, if you have any suggestions, uh, let me know. Uh, drop me a line on social media. You can also view my Twitch stream. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash I've been playing a lot of Fallout 76 lately, but I do play some Elder Scrolls. If you'd like for me to actually stream Morrowind or Oblivion or ESO, definitely let me know. Um, but definitely help me out by giving me a follow on Twitch. Also, you can help the show by uh, leaving an Apple podcast review and rating. If you leave a review with some text, I will read it out on the show. And that's going to do it. So as always, stay safe, adventurers. <laughs>